All right, everybody, welcome back for a new week and a new episode, and we're trying out a new format. I know. I'm actually very excited about this. I know. <laughs> I'm like too. eager. <laughs> we're gonna. So me and Ashley are gonna try something out where we're gonna try um, explaining something to each other. And each week we're going to surprise each other with a topic that we know the other one doesn't really know about. And it's one of our like niche interests. And we're going to try to like get them to like understand and learn something by the end. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm Ashley. And I'm Julia. And this is Ready? Rewind. Well, basically this is born out of me always wanting to talk about my niche interests that nobody else cares about. So now I've just constructed it. Instead of torturing you in real life, I'm going to torture you in the podcast. That's going to be what it is. Pretty much. Um, but I'm excited. So yeah, what are you going to teach me? Well, you, you're about to find out. So I'm going to give you a little quiz. Oh. I'm doing a reverse classroom. Okay. Wait, this is in reverse classroom. Reverse classroom is when you do your homework outside and you read it. Well, so this is a test. I'm giving you whatever you're going to test. Them. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let me know if you recognize this song. So you don't know that? No, but so, it sounds like MCR or like pop punk. It sounds something pop punk. Fuck you. It is MCR. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's pop punk. But yeah, I just didn't know. The Do you know the song name or like the album? No. Well, it comes from the first album. I brought you my bullets. You brought me. What is it? You brought me your love. I bought you. I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love. But MCR, it's their first studio album kind of like an ep and the cover art i don't know if you can see it you can't see it it's harry houdini hanging upside down and this is by Broadway original like art oh cool because he's an artist i gonna say yeah he's like a comic artist and that song huh he was he was like doing all the comics and stuff like the umbrella academy afterwards yeah okay so let me tell you a story <clears throat> that is their first big song it's called um heifers for halos and it was written by um gerard way ray toro who comes in with that sick ass guitar intro and then um like well they had a drummer that left his name is matt mikey way and i think that's the first song frank iero was on frank iero is their rhythm guitarist and um, that's like the song that they wrote where they were like, wow, this band is going to take the fuck off. <laughs> and so this was like their first big song. So let me tell you how MCR started. Okay. MCR started um, when Gerard Way was going down to work. He was coming from New Jersey because he was some poor Italian kid living in his mom's basement in New Jersey with his action figures and like, um, like, lord of the rings collection and comic book collection he was like a greasy kid who never showered he was nasty and he was living in his mom's basement and he was working at cartoon network so he had to take the train from jersey to new york city what was he doing at cartoon network i don't know working on a cartoon i think he's designing merchandise <laughs> okay cool. i think that's what he did and so he was doing that and he's going over and he happened to be going over one morning september 11th 2001 
And on this train ride over, he basically, with everyone else on the train, saw the Twin Towers collapsing. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I'm living in my mom's basement and I'm designing merchandise for the man. Like, this is awful. What, where have I gone? He was almost 30 years old. So he was old too. He was in his like late twenties. Wow. I didn't realize he was that old. So kind of like you late (laughs) twenties living in your mom's basement. You know how this feels. Has to be called out on this podcast. I thought I was gonna learn a cool new topic instead of being called out. Maybe I'll be like Gerard Way then. I'll come up with something fantastic and have a brilliant career. (laughs) Keep dreaming. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The the audacity. All right. Oh my god. Well, you got the hair. You got like his hairstyle. He had like this like red hair. Yeah, that's what he looked like. Look it up. Google it. Yeah, that's true. I. So anyways, Ash has like this bubblegum pink hair. It's very cool. You look like kawaii anime. You can murder me after saying that. (laughs) So listen, so he's like, I got to start a band. And he'd been in a couple bands before in Jersey. And uh, his brother, Mikey Way, plays the bass. Not very well, but he plays the bass. So he's like, Mikey, you're my best friend. Really my only friend. We're going to start a band together. And Mikey's like, cool. And um, they actually are both big geeks and Mikey worked at a bookstore at the time and he and Gerard would always bounce like band names off each other. So he saw this book by this guy, who cares? I always zoned out a little bit when Mikey was talking, no offense, Mikey. He was really like the Kevin Jonas in some ways of the band, or maybe that was Ray Toro. Uh, it was kind of proper. Anyways, um, what you need to know is definitely Gerard Way was Joe Jonas and definitely, oh, no, no, no. Gerard Way was definitely Nick Jonas and Frank Iyer was definitely joe jonas okay and everybody else was kevin (laughs) the rest were kevin (laughs) everybody's kevin so um they start this this band together the two brothers and they call up their old old friend ray ray toro okay um and ray toro is this like kick-ass um you know guitar player and he's also super geeky they're like please please start this band with us and he was like sure thing Basically, they got their, this other guy together and they started recording in a place called Eyeball Records. I don't even need to look at it. I know this story like the back of my fucking hand. I've watched. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wish you could all see. We have, she has no script or anything. She's just going off. She doesn't even have notes right now. She's you just, probably tell like, long, eight years. I've been waiting to tell you this story and no one, <laughs> no one can interrupt me. This is pure selfishness. Sorry. No one can stop me now. Um, so they start out at Eyeball Records. You know who else was at Eyeball Records? Who? Fucking Frank Iero. He was working in a different band called Pensy Prep, which has this amazing song called Fat and Alone, which is about being a chubby vegetarian. And I just got to say, very relatable for me. <laughs> it's a very relatable song. Well, anyways, so he's in this other punk band, and they always thought Frank was pretty cool. And anyway, so Frank listened to their demo, um, some of their tracks from that you just heard, that first album, um, Bullets, as the fans call it. One day, I don't know how, he just got the band to let him record that song, had first Halos with them, and it was just, the band had been formed. Um, oh, by the way, so Mikey came up with the name from this book, and it, the book was about addiction. It's called My Chemical Romance. So it's the titles from the book. So, and the, the reason it was called My Chemical Romance is because Gerard Way um, was addicted to drugs because he's very depressed. Um, and he struggled with like suicidal depression for a very long time. So it worked. He was on uppers and downers and alcohol and whatever, doing coke, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Okay. 
Okay. Now we've gotten through the intro. So they are, Gerard Way is a grandma's boy. So his grandma, his grandma buys him this van so that they can tour around America. And his ma, who looks like, she looks like the lady from Twisted Sister. No disrespect on the name of the Way family. They're amazing. But like, she looks like. The lady from Twisted Sister? You know, Twisted Sister was a male, right? Oh, shit. I mean, man from Twisted Sister. (laughs) Sorry, I said Twisted Sister and I was like, girl. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, with their makeup, it was very like um bad drag queen makeup. That's what they that's yes, that's what the mom kind of looks like in a way. Like very New Jersey bleached blonde hair, real big, very, very like nacelle facage, big everything, you know? Yeah. So that's what that lady's like. And so they set off and they're touring around the world in this nasty ass van. And I was so fucking jealous. I listen, I was eleven years old. I was in my bedroom. And I was watching this video of them touring around, like, from probably, like, well, they started touring in the early 2000s. I probably watched this in the mid to late 2000s. This so is about five years too late, but I was like, that's the dream. They were sleeping on boxes and not showering and staying in that van all the time. And I was so fucking jealous. And now I'm- You were still jealous in college. Not the, sh- like, not showering part, but you, like, <laughs> I want to be in a van. What if I just oh, lived in your backyard? Oh, my God. That'd be so nice. In my van. Please let me squat in your backyard in my van. Why won't you let me do it? Why aren't you my real friend? You actually want to be Greg Universe from Steven Universe. Oh, that's actually where I'm heading. That's not even a joke. <laughs> I think that's really where my life is going towards. I think that's, like, very solid. I mean, he had a good life. He fell in love with a beautiful alien woman for <gasps> space rock, actually. That's so hot. And then they had a kid, and he had a, he had a pretty decent music career, and then owned a car wash. That's so amazing. I, <laughs> everything. Yes to all that. I want to fall in love with a beautiful space girl. Ugh. You're only making this a more attractive idea. I don't care if I don't have a social security fund or whatever. Oh. Or, like, retirement. I don't know. Social security is doomed anyways. That's my next niche interest topic, social security being doomed. But yeah, so they're touring. And while they're touring, um, they are writing their second album, which is called Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Ash, can I play you another selection? Go ahead. I'm excited. How many? Okay. This I might be jumping the gun, but how many um, studio albums do they have? Do you know? You're going to find out. Okay, cool. Of course I know. <laughs> I know everything about them. I don't know. I'm just asking the questions. Okay. Long ago, just like the herbs you tired of getting again. We are so far from you. Oh, that one's so good. Anyways, that song, Helena. It's about Gerardway's grandma dying. Remember when I told you he was a grandma's boy? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I knew. Yeah. I, I didn't know the song. I just song. told you. Do you not listen to me? No, I meant the song she Helena. Like, I didn't know it was about his grandma. Saying? Oh, my or, God. His grandma's name was Helena? Is, I think so. I think so. <gasps> Do you not know this MCR? <laughs> I think you did. I think your name is Helena. <laughs> okay. That would make sense. I mean, the song is. Or it was just like, Helena's a nice. Or Helena's a nice name. He's just like, oh, this one's good. Can you oh, imagine yeah, her that name was those... Elena. Her name was Elena. Elena. Okay. So anyways, so this is about his grandma dying. And this sends Gerard Way into a tailspin. 
tailspin and he starts going hardcore on the drugs and alcohol but also in this time um they kind of find their niche as a band and like their identity so like as you kind of described that first one was very like their first album was it was good but it was a kind of like a pop punk a heavier kind of like metal yeah. sound like which is good which yeah it, cu- it tipped me off by the guitar that's a sick ass guitar intro i was like this sounds very pop punk and i feel like it's just like their beginning sounds so i'm like this well, kind of sounds like mcr but not like the ones i think of well you artists. know um the in life on the murder scene ray toro describes it as a metal opening so just so you know um this is when gerard way decides that he's going to take over the aesthetic of the band and create these like theatrical albums kind of like queen and I can't believe I know all of this off the top of my head still. I didn't even realize I have all this information laying around. So he wants to create these like theatrical albums, like a, like a, like a band like Queen kind of, and like, like old metal music. So he designs their look to be kind of like a, like a comic book look. So he gets like the little masks across their eyes. He makes them dressed up in like these, it's the revenge era, three chairs of suit revenge, revenge era. So they wear red and black and white. Those are the colors. Um, Frank draws his little X's over his eyes, super emo. Gerard has like a little mask. He like does a little black stripe over his eyes. That kind of reminds me of um, Kiss too, like their stage makeup. Like each one is pertained to the band members. Yeah, each one's a little bit different. They're very dramatic. Um, I don't think Ray Tora put on any makeup because he's like, I'm not about that life. Bob Breyer. Bob Breyer joins the band with this one. Bob Breyer becomes a drummer for Three Cheers and for um, Welcome to the Black Parade. And then he leaves after that because of, like, fighting. Um, and then Mikey Way um, also ends up with, like, kind of like some makeup but like not really they just look like rich vampires that's what they look like <laughs> they're like very angry like vampires in a gang it's a theatrical look and the music itself is very dramatic and some of it's written about like scenarios that they obviously didn't go through you know what they do to guys like us in prison is obviously not about any of them going to jail like they're geeks who lived in their parents basements like none of them went to jail even in um on their first album they have a song called early sunsets over monroeville and that's actually about vampires so yeah, their their stuff is um it's like really creative and artsy in a way where you can like listen to it and a lot of these songs are just like fantasy stories. Didn't they um, use like MCR in a Twilight movie? Or am I just making that up in my head? Twilight? No, 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 not Twilight. Oh. Boney Bear is in there. Saint Vincent's in it. Paramore. You might be thinking about Paramore. Maybe it's Paramore. I was like, there's some very That's big pop code. Yeah. Why did we get here? I used to know you so well. That muse, that fuck the baseball scene. Oh my god, super massive black hole play yeah. right now. Um, but yeah, so they that's their Avenger. And this is also when Gerard Bay starts to write a little bit of the Umbrella Academy. Okay, cool. AKA what I read in the library every day after school. So this is like this is like a big moment of creativity from, but he's also and and they're filming their documentary Life on the Murder Scene. So and while this is going on, Gerard Way is like struggling with addiction and he's like falling apart um especially like that death of his grandma just really threw him in tailspin so the whole band kind of rallies around him but he has to kind of hit rock bottom in his own time and one night um he got so drunk he like went into the woods and he thought he was gonna die and basically he ended up calling the manager at the time and the manager had to like talk him down and he came in he's like i'm an addict and i need help so then gerard way from that point forward kind of took his mental health really seriously and started talking about mental health really openly as a focal point for the band like it became their mission was to like Gerard stayed sober and um he really worked on 
like talking about depression and suicide and anxiety and grief in his work and on stage, like telling people like always not to kill themselves and that they can always start over. And that became a big part of their message was that life is worth living and stuff towards the end of this era. Also in this era, they noticed that some people in the punk scene were really homophobic. So Gerard and Frank start making out on stage. Frank Iroh would wear boas, Gerard would wear boas, they would wear, because they're already in makeup. So they would wear like tiaras and shit, like they didn't care. And they would like violently make out on stage and people started shipping them and calling it Farrard. Oh, wow. And there's a lot Get of- Get out of here, Larry. Larry. Do I love Larry? I mean, I could fall down a Larry rabbit hole. That could be your next topic, Larry and Larry, all that. I know about Larry. The repercussions or the truth behind Larry. Why was I a young lesbian obsessed with Larry? Let me tell you. Um, but no, anyways, they, yeah, they have like anime, like um, music videos about, anyways, this is the Revenge Era and it comes to an end when Gerard starts to heal up. Next album they write is extremely theatrical. They went from one drama to the next. Like they only escalated it. This one is a concept album. And let me play you, let me play you a little song. And you obviously know this band is so fucking iconic. Nobody does not know their music. <laughs> it's just the Gino. It's like, just the Gino. All the, you know all the emo fans are out there like, ah! <laughs> Trigger warning, the Gino is going to play. When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching This This album is amazing. Um, What's it Fun called? fact about this, it's called The Black Parade, and it was released in 2006. I know every single word to this album. I can sing this entire album through from the first song to the end, all the way to the last hidden track, Blood. Oh, there's a hidden track. Cool. There's a hidden track called Blood, and I know all the words. I know all the words to every single song on this album. I can sing it through. Dare me, if you will, I will do it. I can do it. I swear to God. And I can sing all the guitar riffs. I'm fucking. Oh my God. I, this was like my peak emo phase. And so if they do- ever make a musical version of this album, they should contact you. Broadway. Contact me. Contact, contact me. I also, I also wrote a marching band show with this with my other emo friend. I was like, we gotta, we gotta make this happen for our marching band because we were in a marching band. This show's about like a death band, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Like marching you into like the afterlife. So I was like, this is it. This is my moment. No one went with it because they were like, that's not cool. Aww. Because it was like 2000, it was like 2012, 2013. Oh, so, yeah, and this was released in 2006. Time. It was, yeah, it was a different time, but like not cool like it is today. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, you like my kind of romance? I was like, shut up. <gasps> shut up. Me with my fingerless, <laughs> or me with fingerless gloves, writing my journal today. Do you want to know something so embarrassing that I used to do? Go Erica might have to take this out. I was so embarrassed. I, when I was really edgy, I'm not going to say it. It's too embarrassing. No, I want to hear it now. Erica will take it out. Okay, Erica's going to have to take I'm embarrassed for Erica to even know this. <laughs> I, I don't care if you know Unless it's really that. good, keep it in. <laughs> this is really hilarious. Um, okay, how are we doing? Okay, I'm here waiting for the story. So I used to listen to, um, I had an iPod shuffle. Picture okay. me. Catholic high school, all girls Catholic high school, iPod shuffle, listening braided into my hair so I can listen with my side braid through my side braid to this music, right? I'm like bumping along to like the Black Parade or whatever. 
<laughs> and um, <clears throat> all the edgy kids, we used to like fake draw on tattoos. So sometimes I know. So sometimes I'm like, I'm totally gonna get this tatted one day. <laughs> like we were, like we were in prison. So one day I'm drawing this like embarrassing emo like MC Army themed tattoo, but like Black Parade lyrics. And uh, my Latin teacher came over and was like, so like so shocked because I'm back there like stick and poke like. <laughs> like my, I have my own fucking tattoo shop. I'm like, who's next? Who's next? Who wants one? And um, he was so weirded out. He was like, okay. So you oh, are failing my class because you're listening to music <laughs> the entire time. Not that's, being like, that's probably, I don't know what's worse. That or when my teacher, I used to have a habit where I would take a pencil and like just move it up and down against the desk. I don't know why. It was just a thing I did for at least a few weeks. My teacher came in. She's like, do you need to sharpen your pencil or something? And I'm like, <laughs> no so tired back there you're like i'm whittling it down no i don't need it i was like no this is just i'm anxious but i didn't know this because i was only in fourth grade oh well you can keep that in it wasn't that bad yeah that's fine it's, it's up to you erica but anyway go ahead black parade so that's me listening to black parade so the concept of this album is this guy like basically dies and takes like um kind of like stock of his life and like what he remembers as he's dying is like his dad taking him to this parade and he sees like these memories kind of leading him down into the afterlife and he's kind of like grappling with his mistakes and stuff this is also an era and again the mental health messaging only got stronger i remember as a kid seeing somebody like Gerard Way talking so openly about stuff like addiction and depression and anxiety and all the members of my chemical romance honestly talking about their mental health issues going to therapy you know seeing doctors about it like taking their health more seriously quite frankly seeing them build a life for themselves like they all started to fall in love and have kids and they were like it does get better like I know that sounds like a lot of people do that today but like in 2006 honey no one was doing that this yeah. is like the time of like edgy humor and like power through and like don't feel like that was not and especially in like the 2008 2009 2010 when I was finding this music during that financial crisis shit was dark mm -hmm. like we had one punch after another it was like 9-11 financial crisis not that far apart those only seven years apart and the war it was a dark time the early all the wars war. and I was like just living through the bush era as a child oh yeah it was rough it was rough so yeah that's the black parade so then they have a live album, a live version of it. And so basically Gerard Way is like, in 2006, he's like, okay, that was fun. We did a ton of touring. I'm done. And everybody was like, one more album. And he was like, one more album, then I'm done. Like, this is very much his project in a way where he was like, I'm going to decide when it's dead. So they bring him back. He's like, we'll do one more album. And let me play a little sampling for that right now. I honestly never want to stop the music. I could go. Uh, yeah, they have good music. Also, I remember. Um, fun fact. <laughs> I'll show what? Um, they use that song for um a Sonic level. Like they use they like Sonic Sonic fight it or something. They made like a video game song. We're, are we about to open mouth kiss? Is that what's about to happen here? <laughs> this is where our two worlds meet. <laughs> no, this Sonic is the Hedgehog. <laughs> or it was like a commercial or something. But they like um two bit it. I'm gonna try to find it. Will you? keep talking about the album 
so this is the only album that came out when I was in high school. It came out in 2010. And this is the one that was touring when I was in high school. Oh my God, I was supposed to go. So I was supposed to go to the Danger Days tour. This is the fourth album and their last album, Danger Days, um, that they recorded and released, right? I was just getting freaking AMV, so never mind. Jeez, <laughs> oh, okay. So I was supposed to go see Danger Days live in concert. My friend who I was in love with and I was, I knew I was in love with 2010. This is my gay awakening friend. This was a friend where I was like, I have a crush on this person. She is so cool. Um, and she was like, do you want to see MCR with me? And I was like, she is so fucking cool. I was tatting myself up. I was like, yes, bitch. Like I wanted to go with her so bad. And my mom said no, because I couldn't accept a gift that big. And I remember being so mad. I was like, mom, what if this is the last time they ever go on tour ever? And she was like, I don't care. <laughs> Last time they went on tour ever. I will never forgive. So, anyways, never forgive, never forget. Never forget. The full title of this album is called Danger Days The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. Again, another theatrical concept album. Um, this one is based off of comic series. Um, although I think Jordway wrote a short comic series, basically. He was really like, I want to go back to writing comic books. I think he even did a little comic strip for um the Black Parade too, but whatever. So this album is way more poppy. This album's a lot brighter. It's super colorful. And basically the band was like, we're not sad anymore. Like we're all happy. We're all married. We all have kids. We all have like taken care of a lot of our mental health issues that made us angsty in the past. And like, we just want to write something that feels like what they described as like the rolling the end credits on like a really yeah. great series. So that's what the killjoys is about um this look for them was again very like color pop it was lots of yellows and reds and blues so primary how did, colors how did fans react to this album then um it was really fun and i think also because they had kind of grown up with them like i think the fans kind of were excited about it and it was fun for them too because they weren't as angsty i was as angsty um because i was a younger fan of theirs but okay because i know like sometimes when like people kind of even a little bit change their music like when bands do bands are like man this sucks and I'm like oh I hope they didn't act like that I thought it was a really well done album um but you know what my older brother who's an emo white boy was like they're reaching for an audience that isn't there mm, um, yeah basically he was like if it's not emo it's not worth it but what I can tell you I think by far their most um, popular album is the Black Raid yeah, and I think it's hard to come after the Black Parade. Yeah, so if you look at Spotify, their top five songs are Black Parade and um, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. They go Teenagers, Welcome to the Black Parade, I'm Not Okay, I Promise, which was the first song I ever heard by them. Helena and then Famous Last Words. My first song was Teenagers. That I can make you stay, but where's Do you want to know how I found my MCR? The song Teenagers was very very um it was used a lot in amvs so that's how i found that song <laughs> the fuck up. oh my god what amvs were you watching i know they were like with any like with animes that have like young teen protagonists they're gonna use teenagers because usually they're teenagers like what sonic it was like a tails amv no like um probably around this time i was watching like full malcolmist and stuff like that like shonen oh anime oh my god oh my god yeah a lot <laughs> of emo music too though but it had uh, yeah amvs were like a pop punk powerhouse hub yeah 
I would say that a lot of people used a lot. That are a lot of Lincoln Park. Oh, and Papa Roach, the (laughs) offspring, and the jumpsuit apparatus, red jumpsuit apparatus, or whatever. Yeah, or like Breaking Breaking Benjamin. Oh yeah, it's a very specific. It was very like butt rock type of songs. (laughs) It really was, or it was like those niche songs that were like. Cascade every time we talk. Mm-hmm. Every time we touch, touch, or like whatever. Every time we talk. Bad boy. Ah. Oh, Will you be my bad, my bad boy? Be my man. I'm like, I'm like, knock my microphone over. <laughs> but I walked down the aisle too. <laughs> I'm gonna have an AMV themed wedding. <laughs> That's gonna be it. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But yeah, no. I mean, the overlap between the weeb and the emo community is like almost 100. percent Probably like 80 percent yeah especially in the mid to early 2000s so shut up everyone who's younger than me um <laughs> shut up everyone. shut up yeah and now is that their last album it is it is their last recorded album so danger days and the true lives of fabulous killjoys is basically a post-apocalyptic album um about these people who are roving around against this think like roving bandits trying to um rebel against this thing called blind industries um there's this giant evil corporation that takes over the world and global warming has destroyed the earth and everything's a big desert not that far off from where we're at right now um and blind industries color palettes like black and white and gray and then the killjoys are all in color right and it's basically being televised over a um pirate like radio broadcast looking alive it's me dr death defy your surgeon your proctor your helicopter okay anyways so it's a really great album and super fun and i had a great time listening to it you asked how the fans received it i think it was it was not their most popular album but they have some pretty good hits sing was covered on glee na 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 yeah yeah wasn't that also covered on glee it might have been it was there were fun songs i thought it was Mm -hmm. good i think it was a fun album and it basically kind of details what happens to these killjoys um and at this point gerard's really focusing more on projects with dc comics yeah he's writing about like for like the doom patrol and stuff and i'm getting more into what he wants to do and he's going to visual arts his wife Lindsay way is she was the bassist for mindless self-indulgence and what she used to do is she would bend over backwards like totally head to ankles and play her bass upside down like badass and oh, then wow. she these pigtails and she would take a match and like strike them on her pigtails it was so fucking badass she's so oh, cool she's honestly way cooler than Gerard Way. Lindsay Way is like amazing but she's an amazing visual artist too and she does these like really intricate like 3d sculptures out of paper they're beautiful but yeah so she's getting really into art Gerard's getting really back into art and they have a kid named Bandit um, Mikey has a kid and he gets divorced. Um, Ray is married and has a child. Frank and his wife have been together literally since high school. They are married. They have kids. They have 17 dogs that they've adopted. They're vibrant vegetarians living their best lives. And Bob Breyer is no longer in the band. And it's just a really fun and good album. I liked it. It was also in the era of Glee. So, of course, Glee ruined some of the songs. But, like, it was good. And then Gerard Way was like, I'm done. I want to go work on other things. I feel like I have nothing left to say. And he cut it off at a good time. I feel like a lot of the times yeah. with bands, especially like MCR, they drag it out too long. Like sometimes you know when it's time to stop. And if you go on for too long, you can ruin something. Yeah, I can say so that I for shows too. 
Yeah. So if you want to know now the epilogue, what are they? Where are they now? Where I know now? where they are. Okay. <laughs> so as I told you, they all have families. They're all married. Um, Gerard Way, as Ashley mentioned earlier, is working on the Umbrella Academy Netflix show. So he wrote the series. And now it's going to Netflix. It was a really good series. I haven't watched a Netflix show yet, so I got to do it. Sure, but you got to watch it. It's I so gotta good. Watch it. I it's know. really good. Okay, that'll be the first thing I do. But you know who he worked on the soundtrack with? Who? Ray Fakatoro. They did this cover of. Oh, um, girl. Oh yeah, it was really cute. It was the cover of the song um, "Hazy Shade of Winter," and it's really great. It's a fun. Oh, one. nice. Yeah, that was a cool song. By Simon and Garfunkel. Now we're tying in my dad's interests. Are you sure that's who it's by? Yeah, Simon and Garfunkel wrote "Hazy Shade of Winter." Okay, I only know it by the Bangles, so I only know that version. Oh, wait, maybe the Bengals wrote it. But they covered at least on their one album. Okay. It's time, time, time. Yeah, I know the Bengals version. Maybe Simon Garfunkel. Who wrote it? I see. Because my... that song was also in Stranger Things. So the Bengals wrote it. Simon and Garfunkel covered it. Oh, wow. That's cool. Usually it's the other way around. Wow. With Simon and Garfunkel. No, I mean, that's good for them. Yeah, the Bengals. So. It was released by the Bengals in 1987 in the same year um, Simon and Garfunkel, I guess, wrote a cover. They were like, this this shit slaps. Wow, I had no idea. Good for them. So you're also learning something in this show. I guess I am. They did a cover and um, Gerard Way wrote the soundtrack. And he was really involved with the project and he wanted the soundtrack of the show to act like a kind of narrator. So even now mm-hmm. that he's moved into more visual mediums, he still uses art. I mean, music to influence. I think he is honestly one of the best artists of like our lifetimes. And especially, I'm not exaggerating. Especially in the second season, because there's a lot of time travel involved and it, it's very well done, I think, with the music. He's amazing. Uh, Frank Iero has a new band. He had Frank Iero and The Patience, Frank Iero and The Celebration. Um, but his new solo stuff is actually pretty good. It's very um, punky, kind of similar to Pensy Prep sound. Um, but he was a punk kid. Like, that was his background. So I think it makes a lot of sense that he's still creating that kind of music today. Ray Toro also wrote a few songs, um, but he's a little bit more under the radar. And Mikey Way was in a band for a little bit, but I never really followed it. And Bob Breyer, I don't know. I don't know where he is. I don't know where they are. We wish him well. We wish him well. No, hey, I don't like, I'm not upset about it. I really don't know what the drama was or why he left. I just know he's gone. Ashley, if you ever want a band that has like an emo Catholic aesthetic, <laughs> like it is the band for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy I got that out of my system. But anyway, but thank you. I learned a lot. I was like, wow, they were, they have a cool journey. And I think, they yeah, short, cool. shortish and sweet. And they made a really big impact. It's amazing when you know a song by one note. I know Andrew Lloyd Webber said that. Any any last thoughts? Anything else you want to say? MCR, I think, really made an impact on me as a person and a lot of people. And I think has changed the way that bands talk about and interact with things like mental health really expanded the way that modern bands can engage with things like concept albums and art. And it's really good. And it opened up career paths for four very talented people to go on and continue creating awesome stuff. And I have a lot more facts I could spew out. We're going to hold them in. I'll pepper them into the rest of our conversation now that you're all caught up on the MCRT. I was going to say, or you can just you put it on our social media accounts. If you want to follow our social, social media accounts, what a smooth transition MCRT that was. 69. Uh, <laughs> 
MCR fan 6969. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's now an MCR fan podcast. Uh, so yeah, you can follow our Twitter and Facebook at Ready Rewind Pod. Also our Instagram and TikTok at Ready Rewind Podcast. If you would like to email us, send us suggestions or, or thoughts you've had about the episode, you can send us Ready Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. Bye. Ready? Ready?